Welcome to the Kinetic Enterprise, built to evolve, presented by Deloitte. Your host for the program is Bonnie D. Graham. This program will help set up your business for the future with topics centered on the four pillars of the Kinetic Enterprise. We'll focus on case studies and leading practices designed to move you to the next level. Now, here is Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Kinetic Enterprise presented by Deloitte, built to evolve. That's what we're talking about today. And I have a quick message for our listeners around the world. I want you to know that Deloitte has been recognized by SAP as the number one global partner. Follow Deloitte on Twitter at Deloitte SAP. And I know you all know how to spell that. So what are we talking about today? How you procure goods and services today will define how your business runs tomorrow. That's a very important statement. Just absorb it for a second. How effectively you operate, you innovate, and you deliver to your customers. That's what it's all about. So let's talk about what this involves. Speed, flexibility, and innovation have become top priorities for procurement. However, there's a however. Many business leaders are still struggling to transform their organizations. Yes, we're still in a time of flux. The world is still in dynamic change, almost a free fall. We're going to hear today from supply chain transformation experts as they discuss the vision of Built to Evolve Procurement, which is now called Capital K Kinetic Capital P Procurement. Learn how you can leverage cloud, a clean core, we talk about this often, and intelligent technologies to enable an integrated, insights-driven procurement function that is more efficient, more predictive, and more proactive. Let's, let's hone in on those words. Efficient, yes. Predictive, you want to know where it's going, and proactive, ahead of the curve, ahead of the competition. We're going to dive into the details of an ecosystem for end-to-end digital source-to-pay capabilities, including intelligent supply analytics, contract management, payments, and supplier collaboration. You're going to gain insights today from my three panelists that can help you address distribution challenges, which you may be in the middle of right now as we're speaking. This is August 2021. You can support new business models, enable intelligent spend management, and evolve in step with your customers' expectations, which we know are changing by the second. We're going to speak today with Deloitte's Ashish Panaconti. Why don't you each wave for the camera while we're recording this? Thank you, Ashish. Welcome, Subit Matthew. Hello. Subit and Harish Kumbahari for their take on the Kinetic Enterprise, elevating business results with integrated, insights-driven Kinetic Procurement. I am Bonnie D. Graham, happy to be here as usual, and a shout out to the sponsor of this wonderful series. And we're up to something like 75, 80,000 listeners, which we appreciate all of you around the world for paying attention to these insights. Helen Tomas, everybody give Helen a round of applause for the insight and the vision to create this series with me in the first place. Okay, let's get started. I'm going to ask each of my esteemed panelists to introduce themselves briefly, tell us a little bit about what you do, and a little bit about how you got there in your career, and your passion for the topic. Ashish, you're up first. I'm going to put you on full speaker view, so welcome, Ashish. Go ahead. Thanks, Bonnie. I'm a senior manager in Deloitte's SAP supply chain practice with a focus on sourcing and procurement. For the past 14 years, I have assisted organizations to leverage technology and optimize their business. I've solved complex supply chain problems across industries by implementing strategic initiatives like procurement transformation, digital supply networks, and category sourcing. I'm passionate about pushing the boundaries of technology for the betterment of organizations. Thank you. 
Thank you very much. We're very happy to have you here and welcome. And let's go to our second panelist. Well, it's not for a second, third. They're all equally important to us, but there has to be an order around the table. Subit Matthew, welcome. So happy to have you here. Please do us the honor of introducing yourself. Thank you, Bonnie. And uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening to, to all the listeners. Uh, I'm Subit Matthew. I'm a managing director in Deloitte's SAP practice. I uh, have focused the last uh, 18 years on driving technology-enabled supply chain transformations for, for organizations out there, uh, primarily focusing on um, you know, end-to-end procurement transformations, manufacturing, logistics, pretty much the gamut of the supply chain processes. Uh, passionate about using technology to put value on the PNL. Uh, look at it as more than just a transformation. And then um, internally at Deloitte, I also lead our uh, supply chain market offering. So focusing on bringing our differentiated thoughts and innovations to our uh, to our clients. Happy to be here and look forward to this conversation. Thank you very much. And let's go to the other gentleman around the table, Harish Kumpare. Harish, welcome. Happy to see you. And would you please also do me the honor of introducing yourself to our global audience? Go ahead. Absolutely, Bonnie, <clears throat> and excited to be here. Uh, thank you for hosting this. My name is Harish Kumbare. I'm a senior manager uh, uh, in Deloitte, based out of uh, a place which is uh, one of the most diverse city in America, uh, which offers a ton of uh, food options for foodies, and uh, it hosts a uh, lot of uh, um, our major oil and gas companies, uh, and of course, the host a house for NASA. I'm talking about Houston, Texas. Uh, I have been in the firm for about 13 years and I have been doing consulting for more than 20 years. Uh, I have led several large-scale transformation programs uh, and uh, being in Houston, of course, my focus has always been uh, on, on, on oil and gas clients, right? Um, <clears throat> and I'm an ardent fan of uh, technologies like uh, blockchain and uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, robotics, uh, and automation. I truly believe that these technologies uh, can create a significant impact on how do we live, how do we do business, in fact, how, we do, how do we do everything, right? Uh, I'll give an example. Uh, in my consulting life, I have moved from places to places uh, many times, right? In my recent move from Ohio to Texas last, last to last week, uh, it was actually uh, pretty fun and pretty easy, right? So all we have to do is to find a place in Houston. Uh, we we got the 3D view of the uh, 3D view of our place. We got our furniture identified. We got those placed. Uh, got those all. Uh, got those all shopped online thanks to Amazon and got those delivered, assembled, and ready to go. So when we arrived in Houston, it was available and we were all good to go on day one, right? The bottom line is uh, the inclusion of technology in our life and a business is here and here to stay and grow. And uh, it is all upon us. How do we take the best advantage of that? I will leave it there. Thank you very much. That was an interesting story. Harish and everyone, I have a neighbor who told me, I hate technology. I don't want anything to do with it. And she's texting me on her smartphone. <laughs> she, she's using SMS. She's saying, I don't want anything to do with technology. I hate it. I said, lady, what do you think you're doing? It's embedded in your lifestyle. It's part of who you are and what you do. <laughs> it, exactly. I just got such, so it, the fact that it's, it's there, it's embedded, maybe not front and center, mm -hmm. is a good thing because people who are technophobes that used to be a word don't have to realize that they're using it 
but it's all around them and it's part of their life and what they do. So there we go. Thank you, gentlemen, for your intros. Now is the part of the show where we're going to go to the opening quotes, which if you're new in the audience, I ask my guests to send me in advance a quote from a movie or TV character, fictitious, or a quote from a song lyric. The quote has absolutely nothing to do with the topic, but we're going to find out in their own words why they think it does and how they relate it to the topic. So this gets very interesting. We're going to hear them wax poetic or philosophical or whatever it is. Ashish Panikanti has sent us a quote from, oh, this is such a wonderful movie, The Shawshank Redemption, 1994 American drama film considered by many, Ashish, I don't know if you know this, one of the greatest films ever made. And it's based on, not everybody knows this, based on the 1982 Stephen King novella called Rita Hayworth and Shawshank Redemption. Rita Hayworth was a redhead bombshell actress back in the day. This quote is from the character Red. It's really Ellis, nicknamed Red, Reddington, played by the wonderful Morgan Freeman. And here is the quote, get busy living or get busy dying. Ashish, I hope this isn't a business prediction. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Bonnie. So, so the lead character in the movie, right, is, is sent to the prison for a lifetime. So prison can be a boring place. So he starts small projects like, um, you know, educating other inmates or teaching music and filing tax returns for the prison guards. So in short, he got busy living, right? So, so, so now if you draw parallels to the organizations today in the post-COVID world, I mean, every industry we look at is getting disrupted, right? Automotives, mm-hmm. right? Everything is moving electric, like utilities, they're moving renewable energy, right? Consumers, the malls are shutting down. So the consumer mar- marketing has taken a total new dimension right now. So with this, with this disruption, procurement organizations have to quickly adapt. They have been... They are sourcing, they, they have been sourcing materials for the past 15 years from different suppliers. Now they have to change their supplier base. Now they have to, you know, start venturing out into um, different areas based on the change in business, right? So similarly, what procurement organizations need to do is they need to start small projects like how the lead character in the movie did. So they, they have to spin off these small projects, send missions on uh, trying to trying to explore new technology like artificial intelligence, predictive analytics, blockchain, like Arish mentioned, all of those, and how that technology can be leveraged to optimize their business and stay ahead of the competition. So that's the pa- parallels I was drawing with this particular quote. So those organizations which are not doing that are just waiting for their sentence to end, right? So... So what, what we need to, the, the, the conclusion from this code is we have to take advantage of the disruption here, take advantage of the technology that's going on and revamp our business once for all. Thank you. Thank you. I I really appreciate the interpretation. It makes a lot of sense. Thank you. A little bit of do or or die in there. Get busy Mm -hmm. dying. You want to survive? Do something about it. Thank you. Subit Matthew has sent us a quote from a movie I'm not familiar with, Tin Cup, and the character played by the iconic Kevin Costner, Roy, nicknamed Tin Cup, 
McAvoy, 1996 American romantic comedy and sports film. That's an interesting comment. It's uh, golf and see Rene Russo was in it, Cheech Marin and Don Johnson. Let me give you a little bit of background here. Former golf prodigy leading a generally aimless existence. Oh dear, I don't think he was getting busy living. He owns a ramshackle golf driving range in West Texas where he drinks and hangs out with his pal Romeo Posar, Cheech Marin and their friends. One day, Oh, Rene Russo, a clinical psychologist, Dr. Molly Griswold, arrives looking for a golf lesson. And on and on it goes from there. Here is the quote. When a defining moment comes along, you can do one of two things. Define the moment or let the moment define you. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps on this one. Subit, this is a, this may be one of my new favorites. Go ahead, Subit, talk to us. Absolutely. Uh, it's actually one of my wife's uh, favorite movies. And many years ago, I was... Uh, strongly encouraged to watch the movie with her one weekend. So that's where I picked up the quote from. <laughs> but uh, yeah, when I, when I think about that quote, uh, it reminds me of kind of the supply chains of today, right? I mean, to Ashish's point, supply chains have been disrupted constantly for the last couple of years. And I think COVID and everything surrounding it is is become a critical inflection point, right? So portfolios are getting disrupted, organizations are becoming more intelligent and virtual, supplier risk management is front and center for a lot of organizations, right? And so as organizations think about how to, um, you know, sort of define this moment, that's where some of the, some of the technology that we're going to be talking about today, some of the transformative concepts we're going to be talking about today help you change your own future or you can choose to just stand by and watch it define how you are as an organization so it's it's uh, time to take charge or get led right if you want to be. thank you and and that goes nicely dovetails nicely with ashish's quote from shawshank redemption right thank you the, interesting to the audience my guests don't sit around as far as i know around a virtual <laughs> table and say okay here are three great quotes you'll take one you'll take one no this is done independently and it never ceases to amaze me how the quotes tend to, uh, shall we say, complement each other or Im- expand each other. So let's go to Harish Kumbari's quote, and he's picked one from a movie that is very popular in the quote world. I'll tell you that. The movie is The Matrix, 1999 American sci-fi science fiction action film in the cyberpunk genre, the first in the Matrix franchise, and the character is Morpheus, played by Lawrence Fishburne, said <coughs> to Neo, played by Keanu Reeves. we got a, a who's who, a, a celebrity list of people who are being quoted today. And here is the quote. You have to let it all go, Neo. Fear, doubt, and disbelief. Free your mind. I hope that's the way he said it. Go ahead. <laughs> Harish, Harish, give me a better interpretation here. Free your mind. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, yeah, so <clears throat> uh, no, it's, it's, it's absolutely relevant. Uh, and I, I will tell you why. Uh, and uh, based on what Ashish and Subhi said, right? So, uh, <clears throat> but before before that, when I watched that movie first in 1999, way back, right? Uh, it was a true delight for an imaginary mind, right? So uh, it was how much you can imagine with the science fiction, right? Uh, and I absolutely love that movie and looking forward to watch uh, with my kids as well, right? Uh, <clears throat> although most of, most of the uh, things in that movie appeared at that time unreal, uh, but welcome to 2021, right? Uh, we have now flying drones uh, doing a shipment delivery uh, in many places, right? Uh, 
and i was uh, i was looking at one of the tedx uh, show where uh, you can be uh, in us and uh, delivering uh, in virtual reality delivering the conference in japan and you speak in english and that uh, will translate into japanese uh, and you do that successfully without even leaving your home right mm-hmm. so that's that's the technology world we are in right so mm-hmm. back to that movie uh, when uh, when morpheus says that right you have to let it all go right i'm thinking if our innovators have not have not followed that and they have not freed up their mind with all the disbeliefs and the yeah. doubts and the and the mistrust we would have probably been doing the same thing what we we we've been doing right so the bottom line is if, if we put if you have to put this in today's context and taking what subi said further right the recent pandemic really has exposed the fragile nature of the supply chain uh, and and it really uncovered the urgency <laughs> to address and reimagine the way we do business right the way we live right it has really really uncovered that right so it is it is that that sentence is very relevant that we need to free up our mind with all the uh, all the past practices of uh, activity based uh, processes and move towards more of a value driven orchestration thank you very much i'm very impressed with the quotes you selected and what what strikes me about all three quotes and the way you all interpret them is the bottom line is we're talking about people aren't we we're talking about leaders we're talking about innovators these are people we don't name them we don't say this person is in charge of this uh, when we're talking about technology we forget the people part and you're all talking clear for your mind that's something you say to a person or maybe to a robot with too much ai programming i don't know but the point is that we have to get it back to people because people are the ones we're to whom we're speaking to whom we're addressing and all of the the great wisdom you've all shared through your movie quotes applies to how people approach their business. You can't sit still, right? You have to get busy living. The people in the business, free your mind. Don't let the moment define you. These are all addressing the people who are listening in the audience. And now we're going, I hope that was a good graceful segue. We're going to get to the roundtable part of the show where we're going to talk about the discussion statements. My panelists have sent me, they've sent me a couple each and we're going, I'm going to pick one from each of you. I've already put one from Ashish into the chat for you. And I will read the statement. If it's very long, I'll read a little bit. If it's short, I'll read the whole thing and ask you Ashish for the first one to unpack it, expand it, whatever you want to talk about in that way. And then we will go around the table. I will ask your fellow co-panelists to agree or disagree. Now, everybody, I want you to know Ashish is a very nice person. He's very generous. And if you disagree with him, he'll still be your your colleague and your friend. It's okay. So, and we want each of you to spend about three minutes with your thought leadership on the topic. So here's Ashish's first topic I've selected. Procurement professionals are using legacy technologies at work and cutting edge shopping cart experiences in their personal lives. Taking cues from e-commerce, technology in the procurement world is now reorienting itself toward user experience, achieving efficiencies in business operations. Talking about people, great opening statement. Ashish, go for it, please. Thank you, Bonnie. So enterprise operations within the organizations um, are influenced by this consumer industry. Um, let Let me expand on that. What does that mean? So when I'm at work, you know, I'm part of an organization. I'm using the technology that is provided to me by the organization, right? Outside of the work, I'm a consumer. So what I do, so I'm as a professional, I'm wondering, and I can easily order what I want from Amazon, right? I can easily, two clicks, I can order whatever I want. Then I go in, um, 
to my organization and I have to jump hoops to get my organization's users what they want as a procurement professional. Now, why am I jumping hoops within the organization when that technology, which I'm using at home, can come over here, right? Similarly, similarly, what happens is when procurement professionals are ordering stuff for their organization, they're manufacturing the supply chain, one of the important things is we often call the suppliers and they, hey, have you shipped it? Or, or is it on the way? So we want to call them continuously to make sure that they are on their top of the game. However, when we order something on Amazon or anything, Instacart, you are getting real-time updates on where your package is. So, again, the mindset itself is changing. People are thinking, and organizations have to reflect that, right? People are thinking that me as a consumer, my life is made so easy, but my life at work is still hard the same way since, like, it's 25 years back. So what can we do? So... I think the mindset, since the mindset itself is changing, organizations should treat their employees as their first consumers. When they do that, the whole concept of enterprise operations get transformed into something which we now see, which is the consumer operations or customer operations. When that gets transformed, a whole enterprise gets transformed and you will be able to deliver better to your customers. Thank you. Very interesting. Let's go around the table. Subit Matthew, agree or disagree? You're up. I uh, actually completely agree with what Ashish said, and I'll, I'll expand it out a little bit as well, right? Because um, there's an interesting statement in what Ashish said, right? Every one of us, if you think about it, is a procurement professional. So far as we go out to Walmart and buy groceries, you're executing a procurement transaction, right? So when you think about it from the lens of an, of, a, of an organization, procurement's a complex space, right? You've got direct materials that you're buying for manufacturing. You've got indirect material that you're buying for services, right? You, you're buying consulting services. You're buying maintenance services. You're buying contingent labor. So it's a whole portfolio of buy transactions that you're trying to execute. And unifying the user experience, making it simple, is not just about the simplicity, but it's also about getting you better visibility to what is happening across the organization, putting you in a position to make intelligent spend decisions because it's easy for you to A, see what's happening and B, act on it, right? So it, to me, the, the, the consumer-grade user uh, experience is not just about efficiency, but it's also about uh, insights and then actions driven from those insights. Thank you very much. Let's go around to Harish. Join us. Thoughts, agree or disagree with either or both? Ab absolutely, absolutely agree. And uh, I think uh, I think if taking taking those uh, statement further, right? So in my view, the procurement uh, as a business function has a lot of uh, trapped value in it, right? So. Uh, when I say that, uh, there's every channel right from requisitioning to buying a material to delivering to invoicing, right? Every step of the way, there are trapped values, right? And and uh, technology alone uh, would not be able to solve those problems. I think a very important point, uh, what Ashish touched on, is the mindset of how we, how we uh, tailor our processes, how we enable the compliance. How do you free up our mind from that disbelief that users are going to buy Maverick because they're going to go Maverick around that, right? 
So if we if we change that mindset, enable those appropriate compliance, right? Enable those uh, ease of buying uh, things for our users. Uh, I think we can very well get there and and provide the seamless experience for for our users and also be able to serve our end customers better. Thank you very much, Ashish. That was a very good conversation starter. Anything you want to say back to your co-panelists? No, th- thank you for expanding on it. I mean, that was uh, definitely insightful on how we can expand the portal supply chain with different categories itself that we buy, right? Um, very insightful. Thank you very much. Let's go to a statement from Sabit Matthew. I picked your statement number three because our topic today is kinetic procurement, and that's what your statement number three starts with. So let's get down to the meat and bones here. So you say kinetic procurement activates the vision to establish a single platform to buy, single platform to carry out sourcing and purchasing, and to monitor global spend and compliance. This is a big statement, even though it's only one sentence with three commas. So why don't you break this down for us, Subit? Go ahead. Absolutely. I think before I break down that statement, let's 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 look at what the problem is that we're trying to solve for, right? When you, when I talk to execs and organizations out there, uh, the number one issue that they have is they have many disparate systems, processes, and people using those systems to actually execute procurement functions, right? And so if you ask about what is the vision, almost all organizations out there want to get to some kind of a central procurement hub where you're able to essentially look at information and procurement transactions across the ecosystem of systems and and, and processes you've got and be able to actually make decisions, be able to execute centrally, right? So kinetic procurement activates that vision. It activates that vision leveraging SAP's central procurement uh, application which essentially is a set of six core capabilities, right? The ability to centrally manage requisitions, centrally orchestrate procurement, central sourcing, central contracts, and finally invoicing and analytics. So imagine having a single platform independent of any number of backend systems that you've got that unifies your procurement experience. So that's the heart of that statement. Thank you very much. Let's go around the table. Let's see what Harish, you're sitting virtually next to Sabit right now. So why don't you agree or disagree? Go ahead. So uh, absolutely agree with uh, Sabit. I think uh, to be able to uh, extract the value from these uh, business, from procurement function, right? The first thing foremost, right? We need to have uh, a unified view of your processes, unified view of your data, and unified view and, and, and greater visibility into your spend, right? And how do we do that? Unless we provide one single or one central platform to execute processes, uh, to execute transactions, and to monitor your spend, Regardless of what your ERP landscape is, how how disrupted or how distributed your your uh, ERP systems are, if you are able to do that, right? If you are able to establish that vision, uh, it can it can lead several avenues of uh, of uh, potential, not just the saving, but 
global negotiation, right? You, you, can, you can have a centralized contract with your, with your supplier uh, and taking an advantage of the mass discount across the globe, right? And uh, you have now a better reach to your global supplier base, right? As opposed to your buying and sourcing locally, right? Uh, you have a better ability to, uh, to monitor and track uh, risk associated with your supplier from a single platform, right? So it does offer, it unlocks that vision of centralizing, uh, uh, centralizing, centralized monitoring of your uh, of your processes and central execution. So absolutely spot on on service uh, point. Thank you very much, Ashish. Talk to us. I, I think the point that resonates more with me is that integrated system, that one platform where you can do everything. I think. Why, why does a single platform where you want to do everything, I mean, that's, that's taking it further to spend management. Wherever, if everything is in one place, I can look at it easily. I can relate to both the transactions. I can relate to, okay, this requisition is coming from this contract, right? When I put together things, when I can connect my dots within my transactions, that's when I can intelligently look at the data. And I started intelligently looking at the data, then we can overall contribute to the spend management of the organization. And the only way that you can do that is having a kinetic procurement platform, which is very agile and have an integrated system where you can give all that insights. The data itself is residing in one place for us to connect the dots. Thank you. We are connecting the dots now with all of these wonderful statements and comments. Let's go back to Sabit. Any comments back to the other two? Uh, no, I think, I think uh, you know, nicely added, right? I think ultimately, Bonnie, you can drive transformation by trying to consolidate systems, but that is a, a long way to value. Or you drive transformation by essentially coordinating and orchestrating across multiple systems. Right? That's, that's the view. Thank you very much. Harish, I don't want to interrupt your water there. <laughs> you got to stay hydrated on a show like this. I accept that. I've got my red glass with my metal straw here. Harish, I'm picking your statement number four next as an important phrase in here, supplier collaboration. You say supplier collaboration, and we're back to people, I think. Supplier Absolutely. collaboration offers an untapped potential. This is important for our audience to know. Untapped potential of global negotiation risk mitigation, and eliminates a lot of manual handoffs. There's a lot to unpack there. Harish, go for it, please. Absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> so when, I mean, in, in, a, in a procurement world, right, uh, your suppliers are no more just the suppliers, right? They are more than, uh, more than suppliers. They are business partners. Right? Unless we see them as a business partner, it's very difficult to uh, unlock those values, right? Now, supplier collaboration uh, essentially uh, provides you an ability to do a real-time dialogue uh, and transaction exchange uh, across the value chain of your procurement, right? From sourcing to, uh, to contract to procurement, right? Uh, it not only offers that real-time ability to have those dialogues, so suppliers can look at my, uh, uh, look at the inventory uh, uh, positioning of, uh, uh, from our business versus I can also look at uh, their inventory positioning, right? Uh, they can quickly react to, uh, hey, here is your, here are the materials you're going to need in next uh, next uh, week or so, right? Uh, that ability to react fast 
that that unlocks several other values, right? I don't have to stock up my inventory for days and days in in uh, in an uh, in a situation where hey, my suppliers are not going to supply this, right? Uh, if I provide that quick, instant visibility to collaboration, uh, that can help facilitate and accelerate my uh, my supply chain, right? Uh, talking about the global negotiation now moment we enable that supplier collaboration, it instantly connects me to a wider range of suppliers across the globe, right? And I can now have a power of uh, global negotiation on, on all of the commodities I buy locally versus globally, right? I have better, not only the better prices, but look at the better quality and, and uh, other, other things which can facilitate uh, the better, uh, better value creation, right? And then the third thing is <clears throat> managing the risk associated with the supply chain, right? Uh, supply chain collaboration not only uh, helps you monitor the risk associated with your first tier suppliers, but it can go to now second tier and third tier suppliers also. I mean, your suppliers are essentially buying that material from other suppliers as well, right? So it's, it's essential to have a visibility and, and, and a monitoring ability to the risk associated with the second and third tier suppliers. So you are very sure about uh, your delivery and your shipment. Thank you very much. Good opening statement here. Let's go around the table. Ashish, join us. Thoughts, agree or disagree? Is somebody going to disagree with somebody here? <laughs> so so uh, that, that, that's, that's coming, Bonnie. But, but what we're looking at is it's, it's different perspective on how we look at this, right? When, when Harish talks about collaboration, right? To me, I'm dialing it back to people. People like in the supplier organization, mm-hmm. there are people. In the buying organization, we are people. So what are we trying to do here when we say collaboration is if you mm-hmm. dial back into English, it's just communication. I'm just telling them, this is what I'm doing. This is what's happening in here. So can you take care of me? How can you help me? What is happening here? The same way on the supplier end, what he's doing is he's telling how his business operations are going on, how his manufacturing is going on. So he's giving us kind of like a daily report or a daily news or He's telling us what's happening in his side. Hey, I cannot make this much today, right? Hey, I had some other difficulties. I'm handling some, putting off some fire somewhere else, right? So when you foster that kind of communication between two people who are part of bigger organizations, the communication between organizations foster. And that's, I think, that's what resonates for me when Harish mentioned supplier collaboration. It's it's enterprise sharing of data between two companies or activities that are happening between two companies for, for both of them to partner better and, um, you know, help the supply chain in general. People talking to people. What, what a concept. Talk about high tech. Sabit, let's get you to weigh in on this one. Go ahead. (laughs) No, thank you, Bonnie. I, um, I have a slightly different view of where collaboration really makes a difference. Right? I, I actually agree wholeheartedly with what both Ashish and, and, and Harish said, but just a different lens, right? So when when things are great, collaboration is just yet another enabler. But when things get bad, collaboration is what singularly determines your ability to recover from a disruption, right? 
And let, let's use an, an example for that, right? So if you look at what's happening in the auto industry right now with the mm-hmm. shortage of, of chips, because most chip manufacturers kind of diverted capacity towards personal and consumer electronics and now auto can't find chips anymore, right? So when you look at that, when you look at something like, uh, you know, the recent mm-hmm. disruption that we had at the Suez Canal, which, um, you know, must have held back shipments of raw materials to a lot of manufacturers that had to change their production plans because the raw material is stuck somewhere, right? It's in those kinds of moments that the the ease of collaboration, the processes, the technologies that you have around collaboration allow you to then pivot to another supplier, an alternate source of supply, work with your supplier, supplier to figure out how do you build up capacity for the raw materials that you need, right? So, so to me, uh, collaboration is is critical, but it is also a risk mitigation uh, tool, if I may. Very interesting. Harish, you want to comment back to them? No, ab- absolutely. I think uh, he, he touched on very critical uh, topic, uh, and that, that's essentially, you know, the beginning of the uh, discussion, we also said that the recent pandemic has really mm-hmm. uncovered that risk. And then this collaboration aspect really plays well and, and helps significantly manage that particular risk associated with supply chain. So yeah, absolutely. And this brings, thank you both, thank you all. This brings to mind a couple of, I think song titles or phrases. One is stand by me, right? <laughs> Another one was what have you done for me lately, right? And the third one is love the one you're with. So who's going to be there for you when you need those supplies? And this also brings to mind, we've talked over the years on many of my radio shows about the blurring of industry lines. Who is there for you? What is a banker today? What is a financial institution? What is what is a supermarket versus a drugstore versus a dollar store? Where are you getting what you need? Where are the supplies coming to what opportunity for that collaboration, who is sourcing what and delivering it to whom? I'm, I'm making this much broader, but my point is that we have seen, when you talk about supplier collaboration, you might be collaborating with somebody you thought was your competitor, where you're forming a new helpful alliance and you're both getting a benefit from it. Anybody want to agree or disagree with what I just said before we move on? Any comments? Just a, No, absolutely agree. Just the last comment on that supplier collaboration as well. So. I think the way things are moving forward uh, is is beyond suppliers. Now we are talking about uh, the global uh, business network, right? So that includes mm-hmm. your logistic partners. That includes your traders, right? Not just the suppliers. That includes your customer, right? So all back to, again, Ashish's point. This is people talking to people, right? So uh, in a supply chain, we talk to our customers, we talk to our suppliers, we talk to our traders, we talk to our logistic partners, right? Everywhere there's an opportunity for collaboration. And this supplier collaboration is, or in other words, is a business network, is opening that, and that door of ton of opportunities of streamlining collaboration and, and simplifying the supply chain for betterment. Thank you very much. Great conversation starter. We have time for a few more topics. Ashish, I'm going to your statement number two. This gets down to the human factor. You say transformation programs start on a high note. Ah, 
but quickly get bogged down. I won't do the low note. By solving for exceptions in the business process, leverage the Pareto principle. Solve for 80% transformation by 20% effort and create an excellent ROI return on investment for your organization. Let's do the math here. Let's have our let's have our statement. Let's have our formula, if you will. Ashish, go ahead. Sure. So that, this is something that's close to heart because, you know, we, we spend a lot of time in transformation programs. So, so when organizations start with this goal of transforming, they look at it as an end-to-end automation. They're, they're looking at it as a seamless process right from the start to end. And, you know, um, often a lot of time, um, a lot of resources are wasted in achieving the last 10 to 20% of automation. For example, you know, let's take any industry. If, if, you t- if you pick any industry like automotive, everything is moving to electric now. So, so when industry, when, when in, in a decade, an industry takes more precedence and when industry starts pivoting, all the industry players start pivoting. What does that mean? That mean is around 70 to 80% of the business processes are common across the industries. So that's where I was going towards. And then the 20% is where you have your unique uh, secret sauce within your organization that pushes you ahead of your competitors. We, we, we understand that concept of, uh, of organizations, but what we need is a platform like Kinetic Procurement or, or other platform which you can help these industries just get started with the 70, 80% processes, right? Um, so you have a ready-made platform which just helps you jumpstart from 70, 80%. And as long as you are moving forward, as long as you're progressing and getting better, I think that is where the real value is and not, you know, focus on the 10 to 20% secret sauce. Yes, that's the secret sauce. And that's going to, that's going to stay with you because that's unique to you. But what we are trying to, what we are trying to do is leverage technology, use something that is on the shelf, take it, jumpstart it, and then you can slowly tailor it to what you want because what you want is very complicated and it takes time for you to build. Do not stop moving in the journey mm-hmm. thinking about that 10 to 20%. So I'll, I'll, I, one thing I want to say is organizations should look at it as 10 steps forward and maybe one step backward, but hey, we're still nine steps forward and that's what really matters. And um, when you're moving from one place to another, when you're moving forward in this era of disruption. Thank you. Very interesting math there. Let's go around the table. Subit Matthew, agree or disagree? Um, Different perspective, right? So the way I think about it is in the past, if you had to do a transformation journey, you had to undertake a massive, you know, multi-year wall-to-wall transformation, right? Because systems were built like that, processes were built like that, right? But I think today we live in an age where it is much more possible for you to modularize how you go about the transformation itself, right? So from that lens, actually, I'll pick up on what Ashish said, right, is focus on what is the business problem that you're trying to solve and solve it fast. And then you can scale out from that point, right? So as an example, if the problem that you're trying to solve is how do I get better spend visibility, 
you don't necessarily have to go through a wall to wall procurement transformation to get there there are other ways by using some of the tools available out there that you can deliver immediate value get the immediate problem solved and then in parallel continue to transform the holistic processes so dial it in i guess thank you very much harish talk to us i think uh, i i agree with both of them uh, i think it is very relevant for today's uh, situation right uh, we cannot expect our clients to have a unified view of their system or one uh, nirvana state where all the systems are tied together and uh, everything is working flowing smoothly right this 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 disruption and always disparate system challenges uh, of unified ununiform processes right now in this situation how do we extract the value out of procurement right so that's very spot on to uh, subhi's point that prioritize what problems uh, you have uh, uh, you have to solve on a, on a uh, on a first basis right and then focus on what things are available and unlock that individual value and then move on from one to another to solve that problem do not try and attempt to uh, attempt to solve all the problems together at one stop which often times will be very challenging and very complex and may lose a focus on uh, value creation thank you very much ashish this was your conversation starter what do you think no no I, this is great conversation is great insights right so uh, if if i understand what subhi and harish said and if i have to summarize it i mean i think what they're saying is don't try to do 10 things do one thing perfectly i i mean that's what it's going to take you forward love it love the conversations step by step thank you very much we have time for another one i'm looking at statement number 1 from subit and there's one phrase in here i want you to focus on so the statement is across the board supply chains are experiencing portfolio disruptions and value chains are becoming increasingly integrated we've covered this but you say many leading organizations are taking this opportunity to pivot their supply chains toward becoming intelligent virtual and risk sensing i want to talk about risk sensing subit can you do a dive on this for us please or take a deep dive into it absolutely absolutely right so traditionally supply chains have always been focused on cost optimization on efficiency on you know speed of moving product through the network speed of procuring product from a supplier etc right but i think with some of the recent kind of events and inflection points i think all organizations have realized that all of those things are important but what is equally important is to be able to manage risk as a dimension of your supply chain right and managing that risk is is not good enough to just be able to react to a situation you have to get better at being able to sense a risk before it happens have a mitigation strategy in place for if this were the risk that actually happens how am i going to manage it and what are my alternate plans of of ensuring that my customer service is not impacted right so let's use a let's use a real example to illustrate this right so one of the organizations that uh, that i that i that i work with went on this program where they wanted to illuminate all the different suppliers critical suppliers that they've got and what might be the risk 
profile of each supplier and risk can come in many forms right it could be operational risk it could be financial health of a supplier it could be a geopolitical situation that might disrupt your ability to buy something mm-hmm. right and so essentially illuminate that risk come up with strategies of how do you sense if the risk is occurring and how do you act for it and while this all sounds you know very theoretical it's actually using today's technologies using platforms like predict procurement these are things that can absolutely be solved for in market so that was the essence of that statement thank you very much let's go around the table briefly harish you're sitting next to sabi right now whether you know it or not go ahead agree <laughs> or disagree it's it's a uh... privilege to sit next to Sumit. Oh, nice. I did not pay him. Who <laughs> did I? Uh no, so uh, <clears throat> I totally agree with him. Uh I think uh we we live in a constantly disrupted uh environment, right? Uh and having a visibility to to a diverse risk is not just about whether that suppliers going to supply a uh, material on time that's that risk has long gone i mean uh, the risk has evolved beyond that right as it could be a workforce risk it could be a capacity risk it could be a, a compliance risk right i mean there are several other standards coming in every other day there we need to comply with environmental and 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 the quality standards and all of that because you're buying that material and you're ultimately supplying to your customer and those materials and those parts are actually going into a production line and doing some uh, uh doing d- defined purpose right so it has it has a significant impact on what goes into your uh, into your product making right so having a visibility to that is a key to making sure that we continue to generate a value and sustain that value right and we do not let our customer down thank you very much ashish let's get your pov on this no um r- risk um, and diversity are something um very important uh, for organizations so 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 a decade back when we had the chap earthquake in japan right mm-hmm. um only the demand was hit right consumers were not able to purchase a lot of thing and it took a while for the demand to get back in japan but now with covid uh, i remember in in march and april of 2020 both the demand and the supply both got hit because it started in china right so that's the most important thing is and subit was mentioning about risk uh, so demand got hit because there's a lot of consumers there and then the supply also got hit because most of the manufacturing is stationed there so that's when the organizations really started realizing that maybe we need to open up more manufacturing hubs um just to you know um mitigate the risk of something happening in one place and and that is that is one of the very valuable lesson at least everyone got out of this covid So uh definitely it's it's an important piece. Thank you very much. Subit, I can give you two sentences and reply to them if you want because I have one last topic I want to tee up for Harish. We're under the clock now. We got four and a half minutes left. You There good? is nothing I can add. <laughs> okay, you're you're very gracious. Harish, I want to read this statement. It's your statement number 2. Sure. Important message for the audience. You see procurement must be looked at as more than a cost center. 
but as a business differentiator and value creator that can evolve amid never-ending uncertainties, we call those disruptions, to drive profitable growth and support future transformation. But let's just talk briefly about more than a cost center, business differentiator and value creator. Harish, just take about, oh, two minutes and then we'll get a one-sentence comment or back from the others. Go ahead. Absolutely. So traditionally, uh, we have been always seeing a transformation is always start with the finance. And that's, that's what we've been seeing in the market, right? But I think I would say the, uh, the procurement is a new finance, right? And we, uh, the procurement has enough potential uh, to unlock the value for your larger transformation, right? So <clears throat> as, I, as I said from the beginning, right, it's a, it's a trapped value. Procurement function is a trapped value. And every step of the way, if we look at very closely to unlock those value, you can generate an enough enough value to foster your further large scale transformation, which can sustain the profitable growth. Procurement is the new finance. Is that what I heard you say? <laughs> that's exactly what you heard. We should have put that in the title of the show. That's that's a bold statement. I do a show on finance with SAP, and I got to get that into them so they can do a, a corresponding topic. Quickly, let's go around the table. Uh, Ashish, quick comment, agree or disagree? Um, agree. A dollar saved is a dollar earned. That's what procurement does for the organizations. They try to get savings so that it's putting money back on the PL balance, right? It's, it's not wastage of money. So there you go. Procurement can add value and significant value when you look at it in a broader organization perspective. Very interesting. Subit Matthew, anything to add? Agree or disagree? Completely agree. Perhaps the only thing I can add is, you know, procurement transformations, uh, the value that procurement creates above and beyond the PNL, right? It is at the heart of how you service your customers, right? Because it directly impacts the supply chain. It directly impacts how you bring a product to the market and how you make money, right? So that's the, the, the real lens around this economy. There's the lens. Can I trust all of you to give me one short sentence on predicting whether what we would be talking about if we met again, let's say in 2025, would we still be having this conversation about kinetic procurement? Yes or no, in one sentence explanation, we're almost out of time. Ashish, go ahead, fast. Yes, Subit. there's all this disruption, so yes. Okay, Subit? <laughs> I think we'll be having the next level of conversations about autonomy and artificial intelligence and procurement. <laughs> there you go. Harish, comment? Uh, I would still say the procurement is new finance. Okay. I, I got I to go to my SAP people with that one. We're going to find out what they think. I want to do a shout out to Aaron Keller, Aaron Keller at Voice America Radio. My, my, he calls himself my sidekick. He started working with me three years ago. He's 26. Now he's 62. We're trying to figure out the math there. I put him through his paces. Thank you, Aaron Keller. And thank you again to Helen Tomas for sponsoring the series. Carla Neal at, S at uh, Deloitte also, I met her through SAP, was one of the early sponsors. And Hasmin Bolianos is on vacation and Helen took over the reins. So thank you very much. I want to say a special thanks to our three very esteemed panelists. I'm so impressed with the three of you, your ability to just flow through a conversation that's not your our normal webinar style. I appreciate that very much. Ashish Panakanti, my gratitude to you. Subit Matthew, my gratitude to you. Harish Kumbhari, my gratitude to you. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Oh, quick shout out also to Natalie Butlin and Maria Rector-Wall at Deloitte who are always behind the scenes on these shows. Now I can say, everybody have a great day and remember to tune in next time for The Kinetic 
Procurement. <laughs> procurement, the kinetic enterprise, the right. kinetic everything. I was looking for <laughs> enterprise, but I was thinking procurement. Bonnie <laughs> DeGram signing off. Rescue me. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Kinetic Enterprise, Built to Evolve, presented by Deloitte. Be sure to join host Bonnie D. Graham next Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Deloitte can help you reimagine everything in order to get the most out of your SAP investments and position your business for tomorrow's demands. Learn more at Deloitte.com SAP. This program is copyright Deloitte Development, LLC. All rights reserved.